Are you ready for one of the most jam-packed conversations we've ever had on when the cleats come off? You guys have been asking for recruiting tips from the beginning of this podcast, and I'm finally, finally, I'm so sorry it took this long, getting recruiting tips in your ears, and it's coming from none other than Tisha Mahon. Tish played softball for UNC from 2009 to 2013. Not only was she an incredible outfielder, but she could steal bases like crazy. She went 57 out of 70 attempts for stolen bases. Guys, that is insane. Talk about a risk taker. Talk about someone who is fearless on the base paths. We definitely dive into base running a little bit in this episode and how much we love it. She studied sports administration and is the founder of Empowered Is She. She spends her time helping athletes and parents navigate the recruiting world and keeping it simple. That's the thing. Recruiting is one of the hardest parts of the game. If you want to play college softball, a lot of people think of it as this huge, ginormous feat, and it's very complex, but today we're going to keep it simple. Today is going to be the Recruiting 101 from me and Tish. Tish is talking about things like your why, knowing why you play the game and what you want. And she even at the very end gives you guys a freebie to help you navigate questions on knowing your why and what you're after. The second thing we talk about is list building. So building your list of schools that you dream of playing at. We also go into how long should the list be? Who should be on the list? What are the things that you want? All questions that are crucial to coming up with that list. Then we finally talk about communication and emails. Emails are crucial. We shouldn't just be sending one email every six months. No, there's actually a way to go about it, to keep it simple and to keep it easy. That's the hardest thing. So before I just tell you about the entire episode, I'm just going to introduce you to Tish. Here she is. Tisha Mahon is about to light up your world with recruiting tips. So make sure if recruiting is something that your friends need to hear too, share this episode with them. You're going to love every second of it. And don't forget to grab your notebook. All right, here's Tisha Mahon. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes, and I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Welcome back to When the Cleats Come Off. I have a new friend of mine who I met a few weeks ago, was obsessed with the work that she's doing. Tisha Mahan is in the house. Welcome to the conversation. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm so excited about this because recruiting has been the thing that everybody's DMing me about. Like 
hey, you need to do podcasts about recruiting because we know nothing. (laughs) And so I finally came across you through a mutual friend. And I was like, you know what? We need to just hit record and just start talking about it because one, there's probably years of advice that we could be giving, but we're just going to break it down into three simple things today. And you're the expert in this field. So I am loaded with questions for you. We've both been through this realm. We both played D1 softball, not against each other though. Kind of like sad about that. Yeah. I wish we would have. <laughs> I think our um, age difference is a little bit more. So yeah, very true. But we kind of act like exactly the same. So I'm like, man, this mm-hmm. is fun to compete against you. Yeah. Um, but Tish, can you take us through your journey, your softball journey? And then maybe we can go into your recruiting story a little bit later. Yeah. So my softball journey. Wow. Okay. I can remember playing t-ball and my grandmother always brings up this story. Whenever I was playing t-ball, I would always run through the bag, like at second base, like going towards like left center field, you know what I'm saying? And I would get like tagged out and I would get angry. I would get so angry. And she also brings up the fact that whenever I play, I felt like I was so much better than everyone. I was like, it's too easy. I don't want to keep playing Grammy. And she was like, darling, you're going to keep playing. And so <laughs> she always love loves it. bringing up that story about me. And so I'm playing T-ball. I've played going through coach pitch. And then I really, I played rec ball probably from the time I was, oh man, my mom got remarried when I was in the third grade. And I think I was about 11, 12 at the time, I think is when you're in the third grade, but played rec ball for a few years. And people were like, you need to play more than just rec ball. And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? And so then I started playing travel ball probably around 12 and under, I think is when it was. I played for the Lady Lightning organization. Um, And then I, I played for the Lady Blues for a few years. I played for St. Louis Chaos for a few years. Like it was just one of those things with softball. I felt like I just put my head down and I worked my tail off Mm -hmm. and I just loved playing it. Like I love going to practice. I love going to games. Like I'm sure people I went to school with outside of softball didn't really know me or get to know me because I was always playing softball. And so that's what I felt like I did is I just put my head down and I played and I played and I played and I played because I loved it so much. And I still love it. Like even now, like whenever I talk about it, I got, I get super passionate. There might be a time that I cry at some point in this. Let's go. (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, I've already done it once with you, so it could happen again. (laughs) It's just something I'm super passionate about. And so I want to give back to it. I was told a long time ago, you know, if you, whatever you put into this sport, it will give you back tenfold. And it really has. And so, yeah, I feel like my, my journey, I'm sure I could like pick it apart. People are like, oh yeah. And I'm just like, uh, I just played softball. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So when those people told you that when you were playing rec ball, you need to play something else. Was that just because you were light years ahead of everybody talent wise? Yeah. Everyone thought I was really good. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I do pretty well out here, I guess. Like, you know, what is this travel ball stuff, you know? And so, I mean, my mom didn't know. Like, my stepdad didn't really know. Like, they didn't play a whole lot of sports growing up. And I felt like travel ball mm-hmm. was, like, really vamping up whenever I was going through. I mean, I'm 30 now, so almost 20 years ago is whenever it was, like, really getting going. I feel like I could be wrong about that. I don't know. But, yeah, they're like, you should play this. I was like all right, I'll give it a try. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's so great. That's how I think everybody should go through it that way. Like, Hey, Mm. there's no cookie cutter way to get anywhere. First of all. And two, if you're really good at something, there's probably somewhere you can be. And so it was kind of just like walk, walk in the park, like, Oh, something new, something challenging. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Okay. Now take me along your recruiting journey. So Um, First of all, you're from North Carolina, Mm -hmm. correct? I am. What town? Uh, I'm from Lexington, North Carolina. Not Lexington, Lexington. like Kentucky Kentucky. or (laughs) South Carolina, like North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't you known for like your barbecue? Yes. Yes. It's either like we have no idea where that's at or barbecue, right? I'm like, yep, that's us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, our mutual friend is, she also does a lot of my media work. And so she actually took me there for some barbecue a few weeks ago. What did you think? So good. Oh my gosh. It was, it just melted in your mouth. It was Mm -hmm. just the most incredible experience. I'm like, Mm -hmm. screw everything else. Who actually needs 
well, I can't say this because I love barbecue sauce, but like it didn't even need barbecue sauce. It was that yeah. good. Uh-huh. It's awesome. It's Whoa. awesome. Oh, so good. Okay. So you're from Lexington, Lexington and were you looking for certain schools? Were you kind of just going with the flow, kind of like your, your childhood or like how did UNC kind of pop into the picture for you? So I knew going into high school, I wanted to play at the next level. Like it was just like, like a, the next step for me, like in my mind, like that was a step, how I got there or what that next step looked like. I had no idea. I just knew that was the next thing for me. And I wasn't looking at UNC necessarily to begin with, like at all. It was just like, whenever I was going through the recruiting process, I like to say that it was unique to me because your your story was unique to you. Like the next person, that's their unique story. My best friend, you know, that's down in Atlanta, like her story is unique. Uh, my best friend here in North Carolina, her story is unique. And so it's like, there's no cookie cutter way of like your recruiting process. It's just, it's unique to you. How is it that you're going to go about it? And so I, I just put my head down. I played and I played and I played. And I would say probably freshman year is whenever I, I started to get like interest from schools. Like we'd go play in a tournament. My coach would come up to me and be like, Hey, this person, this person asked me about you. I was like, okay, great. Like, that's awesome. You know, and just like moved on. <laughs> and I don't know if you got these, but I would get letters from coaches like in the mail. Like my mom mm-hmm. has like a book of these letters that are just like put together into like a binder. And I got, you know, quite a few of those. Like I, like people came to me. So it was like, I could pick from that. Um, and I know that's not like a lot of people, like they could, like you, like people aren't necessarily reaching out to you like a lot of times. And so like, you have to be the one that like initiates that. Right. Right. Can I, can I pause right there yeah. and ask you something? Yeah. So being from, you know, a smaller city in North Carolina and coaches be coming to you, that tells me that your talent was being seen and it was your skill set was being looked at simply because like you were good. And also being from a smaller city, that was kind of my process too. It's like, okay, you first of all have to have the talent, which clearly you had because you're having people that, that are looking to you, sending you letters, which I don't even know if they can send you letters anymore. I remember getting invites to a bunch of camps via mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really awesome. But I do want to probably give you, and you're a very humble person, you, you were probably really, really good. And that's why that you were being looked at, especially from a smaller city. Um, would you agree with that or no? Yeah. I mean, I thought I was pretty good. I mean, I'm sure there's coaches that would, you know, be able to tell my story a little bit better than I could. I just always see things as like, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's not necessarily something that needs to be celebrated. And that's something that I've learned about my personality as well. Like the Enneagram helped me out with that. So <laughs> mm, I still need to do the Enneagram. Oh, you need to. Like as soon as I, I still need to do this, it. like 10, 15 minutes, like crank it out. Like it, and it's, it's just something that you can dive into and be like, oh, I really am like that. That's a good point. Like, where does that come from? And then like your mind just goes in different directions. But yeah, I just always see things as like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so. What do you mean by that? Like what things? Like diving for balls, playing with heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like taking an extra base, like being aggressive. Like I loved running bases. Like I dared people to get me out. Like dare. You're my home girl. <laughs> Like that just lit me up. I tell people all the time, like at what point, like whenever like you're stealing bases or you're getting a lead, I'm like, when are you, when are you leaving? And a lot of times people will be like, yeah, whenever she's down here, I'm like, no, you leave when she's coming up here, like leave early. Like, I don't care if you get called out 8 million times for leaving early, leave early. And yes, like I always saw it as a challenge when I went up to play of you get me out. Like I dare you to get me out. And you had to have that mentality of that, that confidence to get through it. Now it took me a while to get to that point. I can't lie about that. Like I felt like junior year of college is whenever I really finally figured that out about myself. 
but it was like, and I was a slapper. So I, I did a lot of like putting the ball down on the ground, like base hits. That's what I did. My high school coach would always say like, you need to steal first base. Like when you steal first base, like it's an automatic triple. Cause that's still second. And you know, a lot of times a pass ball or even just a base hit to the info, I'd make it to third base. Yeah. So, that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always like had like great uh, advice and points of views. And um, so I always appreciated him for that. But yeah, like I just saw it in like when we were at practice and especially like in college and we were like, I would play a game with the infield and literally when they would get me out, they would cheer. And so it was like, <laughs> I got you out this time, Tish. I was like, well, guess what? Next time it ain't gonna happen. You know, like just like a mm. fun little competition. And I love doing that. And I think that's what ultimately like really drove my recruiting process was like just how excited I would get just to go to practice. Like, I feel like people don't get excited to go to practice. And I was like, I love it. Like I want to do it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, You love to compete. You love to play. And it sounds like you just respect the heck out of the game and played it that way. mm -hmm. Yeah. And you played it with so much heart. That's so awesome. So you you mentioned your high school coach. We have to bring him into the conversation. Okay, yeah. So, and this is where we had a phone call a couple of weeks ago, and this is where Tish got emotional, but it's all because of how powerful and awesome this man is. So can you kind of describe to everybody listening why you loved high school softball? And I have a feeling it's probably because of this coach and the impact he had on your journey as well. Yeah. So Lambros, like he passed away a few years ago from cancer and, um, see, look, listen, I'm already getting emotional. And he, like, he was the first like male figure in my life that like really took interest into me. I felt like, and like wanted the best for me. And so he demanded a lot out of me, but I felt like that's what I needed. Like I needed that little bit of like a, a push in the, in the butt to like, get going sometimes. And so he was actually the one that turned me into a slapper. Like he would go to like camps out Arizona that like Mike and Dre would put on. And like, that's how we learned about slapping. And he brought it back and he was like, one day of practice, my freshman year of high school was like, Tisha, you're going to slap. I said, uh, what, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) And let me tell you, it was awful. Like I was not good at it at all, but I had good hand-eye coordination. I was fast. Like literally all I needed to do was put it on the ground and run. And that really like built my confidence. Um, just like putting it on the ground and learning from there. Uh, cause I can remember being in the cage one time and swinging fully left-handed <laughs> and the coach that was in there said, Tisha, get out. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Fuck it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just That's be- terrible. Just because like it looked so rough. It just looked so rough. And so I needed to work on it. But I mean, it didn't like offend me. I was like, you're right. It is pretty bad. Like I'll get better at it. And I did. But it was something that I had to work at every single day to get better at it. And so side note, whenever it comes to like slapping, I tell people like it's never too late to do it because you know, a lot of these girls are starting, I, I give slapping lessons and a lot of these girls are starting out, um, much younger than I was. And I was like, I started way after you and I was still able to like go somewhere and compete and play. I was like, you have plenty of time. And plus you got me as a teacher. So we're going to make this happen. <laughs> I'm going to teach you all the things of what not to do. Yeah. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he turned me around left-handed and it was, you know, the best decision I think that was made for me by someone else because I ended up excelling at it and it got me a scholarship and I went to UNC and all these amazing things happened after that. But like he, he definitely believed in me more than I ever believed in myself at the time. And I think he's a big, like, I don't think, I know he's a big reason why I continue to stay involved with softball because I'm like, you know what? I want to be like him, like how he like really motivated people and like really like gave everything he could towards that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I try to, you know, mimic, mimic myself off of. So, yeah. Mm, wow. I really wanted you to share that because so many people here are either parents and or coaches and they're looking for ways to get the most out of their athletes. And like you said, he pushed you like past your limit. He showed, he shoved slapping in your face even though you had no clue how to do it because he knew that's what was going to be best for you. And you worked hard at it. He probably got on you, 
you know, when he threw you in the cage to go, you know, hit live or hit full and just, you had to look stupid before you got better, but he challenged you enough because he cared about you mm-hmm. and, and what you, what could you could do and believed in you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think some people are get caught up in like, well, you're being mean. No, I'm pushing this person. Like I want to see what that limit is because I see more potential in them right now than you do, or even they do. And so like, that's what I like to do. Like, I like to like really push people and like push that envelope of like, what are you capable of doing? Because I know you can do more than this right now, what I see. So. Right. And I feel like that only works if you love and have empathy for that athlete too. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you have that trust and you've built that trust through love, like just understanding. So they understand that you do care about them more than anyone. And then they're more willing to listen to you when you get on them. Because you don't get them get on them often. It's just you get on them when you know their potential and you're not seeing it. So, mm-hmm. yep. wow, that's so awesome. Okay, so you you said earlier, all of a sudden, like Lambros helped me get a scholarship to UNC. But like, let's get to the nitty gritty here. Mm-hmm. Were you playing in tournaments specifically that UNC was at? Like, how did you get on their radar? So it's funny because. In high school, we ended up playing a game at UNC. I think it was Southwest Randolph who we played at UNC. I don't even know how Lambros made this happen. I'm telling you, like, but Coach P loves Lambros and loved him, you know, like, and so they had a really good relationship. And so I don't even know how he made that happen. I'll have to ask Coach P one day. But I remember in high school, we went and played a game there. And after that was whenever um, it seemed that like Coach P and the, and the coaching staff that was there at the time, like really was interested in me and just kind of like followed me after that. And I, and I went to their camp. And um, I know a lot of people that I've spoken with, like they've gotten recruited because they went to a camp, like they went to yes. school and that's, you know, that person saw them and was like, oh, because you really get to know people at camps. And I really encourage people to go to camps and go to those. Um, I don't even know technically what they're called, but like they're almost like showcase tournaments, but the coaches there on the field with them. Um, I really mm-hmm. encourage that because you really get to know people when you, every year around them a significant amount of time. Like you see how that they communicate with you, how they communicate with their teammates. And on some of these camps, you know, like, especially the one at UNC, like it was multiple days. So over multiple days, you could see what I was like as a person. And ultimately that's what coaches want is they want like a whole person. Like they're not looking at just the athletic part of it. Is it a part in it? Absolutely. Like you being athletic is going to catch my eye, but what yeah. is, what encases that athlete? And that's what they really want to see. And um, so, yeah, I, we, we played a game there. I went to their camp. Like I went to, to showcases where coaches were at so they can really see me play. But like you said, like my talent like helped pull those people in. And, you know, from there I had the support of my travel ball coaches of my high school coach of like who I was as a person, how I acted, how I carried myself, what kind of teammate I was communication. I was always a leader by example. Like I really didn't good at communicating until later on in life. Like I'm telling you, Oh, I say this all the time. I'm like, I wish I had the skills I do now in high school and in college, you couldn't stop me. Like, there's no way you could have stopped me. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, I wouldn't have been able to stop myself. Like, it's just like, you know, you gain these things as you get older. And that's the, you know, the ironic part, like, oh, if I could go back now, (laughs) you know, but it, but like, that's where I'm like, okay, I have this. Now I'm giving it to you. Here's what you need take it and run with it. And so I I think that's another huge reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because like, okay, I know this now, here you go. Take it. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love how you were saying how you, you wish you could go back and like, then do this recruiting process again, because like you've, you have so much, probably just more confidence in public speaking, like just having conversations. Do you remember your conversation with coach B, your first one, like maybe like your first phone call with her? Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't think I necessarily remember that first conversation because she was probably the one that did all the talking. Like I just, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. I guarantee you that's all I said <laughs> was yes, ma'am. I should, I should reach out to her and be like, do you remember 
your first conversation with me, Coach P? And that's probably why I don't necessarily remember the first one because I was just like, yes, ma'am. Okay. And terrified. Yeah. You were, you were scared too. Okay. Petrified. I just want to make sure <laughs> I'm not the only one that was just so nervous for the first call. Like yeah. Coach Mar at Purdue, she said, she's going to call me at this time, this date. Again, I don't even remember what was said. Yeah. I just remember that whole day I had a pit in my stomach because I was so nervous for the conversation. Yeah. And that's, I feel like something we can get to in a little bit or even in a future episode, because spoiler alert, we're going to do more of these. We are going to break down recruiting in like the most beautiful way, but communication is so big. And I know, I know you completely agree with that statement. So let's dive into the three things you can do today to start the recruiting process. You've broken it down in three beautiful bite-sized pieces for the audience. Mm -hmm. So do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is figuring out our why. Like, why do we want to be a student athlete? Why do we want to go and play college at the next level? And to like really help yourself break that down. I think these are three really good questions. And I've read a book called Conscious Coaching and it's by Brett Bartholomew. Like he's fantastic. Like I feel like he says some of the things that like I've said before or like my thought process. So like he's awesome. So if you're looking for a book to read, that's a good one. And in there, he he brought up like three really good questions that I think are super helpful. And it's who, like, what is your identity? So like, who are you? Asking yourself that question. And then that follows with, you know, what are your values? Like, what it, what is it that's important to you? Like with school, with this whole process. And then thirdly, you know, what are your goals? What is it that you want to accomplish? So asking yourself these questions, because once you ask yourself those questions, you can then break it down even more so. And this is a conversation that you want to have with yourself. Like, okay what's important to me? Like, it's very thought provoking because like, even now, like looking at it at a point of view from like my business, you know, my values, I've really had to think about them and I've built my business off of these values. So it's like these values, what's important to you, what your goals are is what's going to build off of your journey. So like, just as an example, some of my values are honesty ownership and communication. And like with my business, like I've built it off of those values and it has like a solid foundation. It has a solid core. And from there, it just, it expands out. And so that's why I think asking you yourself those three questions to start out with, like having that conversation with yourself. And then after that, have a conversation with your parents because you have to be on the same page with your parents. And I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, like one side, be that the athlete, be that the parent, they think one thing and the other thinks the other. And so I really encourage parents to have a conversation with their daughter about what it is that they want, like in checking in regularly. And, you know, like, obviously you as a parent, like, you know, your daughter really well, like, at least I would like to hope so, you know what I mean? And so like, <laughs> you, you know when to check in, but I encourage people to like, have like a monthly conversation of like, Hey, where are you at? What's your thought process here? Like, like, is this something you still want to do? And if it's something that you still want to do, the next question I think you got to ask yourself is, okay, where do we go from here? And Mm -hmm. so the freebie that we talked about, um, I've called it the like 10 non-negotiable questions you got to ask yourself. And in those 10 questions, like it helps break it down even more. So by the time you figure out what's important to you, what goals you have, you can really then look at what type of school that you're interested in. So like D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, like what works best for you? Because they are, they are very different in the sense of like, you know, time commitment, like how far away you're willing to go. So like after you've created like, okay, let's say I want to, I want to, play, I'll use myself as an example. Like I wanted to play D1 and I knew I wanted to play D1. So then I had to look at it as, okay, what type of majors am I interested in? Or what is it that I want to be whenever I grow up? Because then what happens is, is you're like, okay, I am interested in science. I like the, the idea of being around sports. So I was like, okay, exercise, sports, science, 
I really want to play D1. UNC had those things. Like you have to approach it from an academic point of view before you can really do it from an athletic point of view. And I think that's where it gets lost for a lot of people as they view it very much as like an athletic point of view. Like no matter who offers me right now, that's where I'm going. Okay. Well now you're there, but you hate where you're at. Like you're six hours away from home. You really wanted to be an hour away from home. You are and if your coach leaves, like what if the coach leaves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to yeah. happen. Like it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Like I felt like on average, like coaches are at a school for like two, three years, maybe. And then they move on. Like you don't get coaches anymore. Like the Mike Kendra's, the coach P's, like coach Ben in South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't get coaches like that anymore. We're at a place for 10, 15, 20 years. Like it's a couple of years and then they're gone. So like, for example, at UNC, I had a different coach every single year at UNC. So I had the constant was coach P the next Mm -hmm. year we had two new coaches. The next year we had two new coaches. And then the last year we had one new coach. So every single year there was some type of change with the coaching staff kind of going back to my example of like, I was interested in sport. I was interested in science. EXS offered me those things. I went I, I did EXS. And then after graduation, oh my God, I did a hodgepodge of things. Like I, I worked at uh, the Old Navy. I worked at the YMCA. I worked at uh, Ted's Montana Grill, which is a restaurant. Um, I, golly, I gave lessons at multiple places. I helped out multiple, like middle school, high school, uh, helped out at college. Like I did all of these things. And now... I've now, I'm now 30. And the year I turned 30, I then became a health and PE teacher. Okay. We're going to take it back to that EXS. EXS <laughs> helped me into being like getting a job as a health and PE teacher. Cause I had classes that could translate. I still needed to get my um, licensures, which is what I'm working on right now. But because I had that foundation of EXS, I was able to get this job almost, you know, eight, nine, 10 years later. And so it helped me. Do I see myself being a teacher for forever? No, but it is helping me right now because I felt like now that I'm 30, I finally figured out things that I want to do and like what I can dive into even more. So like to me, even with just my story, like having EXS, like helped me later on down the road. Whereas if I were majored in you know, something that I didn't even like or something that right. I was unrelated to, like it wouldn't necessarily helped me as much. And so yeah, I, can I, I'm going to interject yeah, here yeah. because I am with you on this. So I going into college, there's all, there's this pressure of like, what do you want to study? What do you want to be when you grow up? And like, like you, I kind of knew what interested me. I really liked the health aspect of you know, athletes and how they work. Like I had really good strength and conditioning coaches prior to college. And I really loved that process of seeing myself get stronger, faster, uh, more confident, things like that. So with that background that I had, I chose that I, I really wanted to do something in the health and kinesiology aspect. So when Purdue came on the radar, I looked to see what they had in that realm, in that regard, and chose a major that was dietetics, nutrition, fitness, and health. So I had the fitness and health and then a little bit of that nutrition. And then going through college, I actually dropped the dietetics part and just stuck, stuck with the health and kinesiology. So people put so much pressure on what are you going to do forever? Mm-hmm. When in reality, I don't even, I'm not even a strength and conditioning coach, but do I think I'm a better hitting coach now because of the knowing what certain muscles do and how they fire in a swing? Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. And a sports psychology class that I took in college is the reason why I talk so much on mental game now. So I feel like you're not supposed to look at college as like the end all be all. This is everything. I mean, unless you're like a lawyer or a doctor, because I feel like that yes. what you're studying is just kind of exactly what you're going to need for a, that type of life. But most people go to college to enhance skills, communication skills, and learn a little bit more about things that they like. And it's going to set them up for whatever it is that they want to do later on. So those people that feel pressure right now in what the heck am I going to do for the rest of my life? You don't really have to look at it that way. It's more of like, um, what are you interested in? And let's see if, and just try a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. That's why we have gen ed classes. That's why they throw those electives at us. Most people 
love the elective so much that that sometimes becomes what their passion is. So y'all settle down on the pressure part. Yes. Hey, podcast listeners, just checking in to ask you if you knew that ABT had our own online store. We just launched it a couple weeks ago and man, oh man, has it been fun fulfilling orders. Some people have been buying bracelets with empowering messages on them. Our new comfy long sleeve tee that says on the back, you're not like everyone else and we're not here to fit a mold and so many other things from hats to other tees and scrunchies and things that'll just help you feel empowered when you wear them. So if you're interested in wearing some of our swag, go to the show notes and click on the link to go check out our online store. I'm so excited to fill your next order. You discussed a lot of things about when you talked about your why. I had a quick question about that. You said the first question that you ask yourself is who am I, right? Something along those lines. It, does that include softball? Does that, is that outside of softball? I'm curious, how do you approach that question? I think it has to be like who you are outside of softball. And to me, that helps create an even stronger foundation of like who you are inside of softball. Because me personally, I always, always, and I still think I do this sometimes, is I identify myself through softball. And to be like a more well-rounded person, I've had to look at myself outside of that. I know we, we talked about the last time I spoke with you about like personality tests and it really like exposed me in the sense of like, okay, this is why I react like this, or this is how I get, you know, this, this out of me is because I'm like this outside of softball. And so I think it's really important that we work on being like better humans, which then will translate into better students to better student athletes. Because an example I use one time is like kind of like, you know, with goals, which is one of those other questions I asked was like, you know, what are your goals? Whenever you get more specific with your goals, the better the better you're going to be able to achieve that goal. So like I had an example of a picture one time and it was like a pretty far out picture. Like there was a lot of like trees and woods and green stuff in the background. And then I was like really tiny and I was like, okay, this is the goal of, I want to play college softball. Okay. That's great. Like I can kind of see you off in the distance over there, but then I zoomed in on it and that's where I was like, okay, these are these specific things. Like I want to be a, a D2 athlete that plays in, in the Southeast part of the United States. And I want to major in um, biology. So that like really helps narrow down that specific goal and that specificness that you want to your recruiting process. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, and I love, I love where you mentioned identity because, uh, actually recently we've had Aubrey Monroe talk about how she had this identity crisis freshman year of college at Florida. Mm -hmm. And once she figured out who she was, she's like, she won two national titles. Like it's just, and now she's on team USA. So it, it's literally, it's so important to know who you are outside of the game. Mm -hmm. Like what are your values outside of the game? Because mm -hmm. that's going to make you understand who you are and have more confidence just knowing who you are and realizing that win or loss, you're still a great human being that loves these other things, you know? So I think that's really important. Also, we had um, Chloe Molesky talking about this too. She was a D1 athlete at Duke. I know that that name probably like makes your stomach hurt because she went to UNC, okay, but she I'll was a runner. <laughs> she was a runner who also even prior to playing in college, had, like didn't understand who she was. And once she did, now she's breaking all these crazy records post-college. So it's, it's really important to dial in on that identity. So thanks for uh, discussing that question a little bit deeper because I had, I had some questions about that. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've talked about knowing your why and asking you those questions. By the way, anybody listening that hasn't taken notes yet, what are you doing? These are things that like, she's literally giving you things that you can discuss with your athlete right now. Mm -hmm. These questions are things that, you know, you could talk about at dinner. You can talk about, you know, with your athlete, when you go get ice cream, I think knowing these questions now is going to set her up for 
the most success in the future. So we talked about that. We talked about lists, you know, talking about what schools would you want to go to? Do you have a specific way on describing, you know, you know, big goals on that list? How, how do you go about the list specifically? Yeah. So how my brain works is I enjoy writing things down. Like I have like, like I, I love writing things down because to me, it's very, it's very real. It's very tangible. Like I have like a, a, a planner, like I have another notebook over here. Like I try to like separate my ideas, but sometimes like my notebooks, they come together. And so I have to be like, okay, let's separate this. So in creating this, I like to break it down. Like I love step-by-step. I love like understanding, like I have point A, I'm getting to point D. How do I get there? And Mm -hmm. so in, in creating lists, I kind of have like four lists that you can do to help create like an idea of like schools that will fit you academically and athletically. So that first list is like, you know, what are jobs that you're interested in? Like, I know some, I've had conversations with people where they're like, well, I really want to do something in the health field. Fantastic. Start talking to people, start asking questions. And then what you can do is like, okay, I'm interested in the health field. Then that leads to what majors am I interested in? So like you have health, like you can kind of go down the biology route. You can kind of go down like the, the exercise sports science route, like health, like what you were talking about, like kinesiology, like you have those options there. I then I put in here like dream schools and I put dream schools because it's like, okay, you're watching a, a school on TV. Let's take Purdue, for example. Like I'm watching Purdue play like, oh my gosh, I love the way they play. I love their chemistry. I love that school. Like I'm putting them down on my list. Fantastic. Put it down on your list. Now go back to your previous list of the jobs, the majors that you're interested in. Does Purdue offer that? Mm-hmm. If they don't, you can still love Purdue, but X month. <laughs> All righty. So I did put on here dream schools. So for example, let's say you're watching Purdue and you're like, oh my gosh, they're killing it. Like, I love that coach. Like the team looks like they have it together. Like Purdue would be a great place for me. Like, let me put it down on my list. All right. You can put it down on your, your dream school list. And then come back to it later and go, okay, so does Purdue have that major that I'm interested in that will eventually lead to that job I want? Okay, no, they don't have it. It sounds sad, but mark it off your list because you have to approach it from that academic side than the athletic side. Because I promise there are schools out there that will have the major that you want and they will they, and they will have a softball team. I can't remember if I had this conversation with someone or this was just my thought process one day, but I was thinking about how no matter where it is that you play ball, you're going to acquire the skills that you need to be successful in a job, no matter what that job is, like time management, communication, leadership, confidence, like overcoming adversity, like all of these things, like coming up with stuff on the fly because, you know, you're going to a game and all of a sudden it's a, a rain delay and you're sitting there waiting for two hours. And then in five minutes you find out, oh, by the way, we're playing right now. And it's like, what? So it's like these things that, you know, eventually you could use that in a job. And so that's why I really stress academics, then athletics. And then after you have that dream school list, once you've gone through all these things, then you have a list. Literally, you can put it as schools that fit me academically and athletically. You could, you know, you know, create your own title for that one. But like, that's the list that you then base your communication off of. This is the list of where you start reaching out to those schools. Mm, that's so good. How many do you recommend you make on the list? Um, so I've heard some crazy numbers before. I had someone tell me that their travel ball coach wanted the the players on the team to reach out to 200, 200 schools, like 200 coaches. I was like, oh my gosh. No, no, that sounds no. terrible. Yeah, no, like, because at that point, you're just trying to get the task done. There's no like personal, there's no genuine communication in that. I think 15 to 20 is a good range. And from there, you know, you can either like narrow it down or like add a few more. But I think 15 to 20 is a pretty good idea. Cause like, if you think about it, so like, for example, if you're wanting to go to school in the South, um, Eastern part of the United States, and you're, you're wanting to go to a D3 down there, 
15 to 20 is a good range. And so it's not overwhelming. It's enough to where like you have time. So I encourage people to, and this kind of goes into like planning later on, but I encourage people to, you know, every few weeks, like really dive into one of the schools on your list and start reaching out to them. um, Like really like follow them on like Twitter, follow them on Instagram, like see how the coach is doing, see how the team is doing. And that's where it kind of introduces you into that communication, which kind of leads into this, the third thing that we were talking about. Let's do it. I really, by the way, I really love that you're like stalk the school because you're probably going to get red flags as you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like one school may love this type of tradition and you're like, I don't really like that. But like now, you know, I love that. Stop the school. Okay. Number three, communication. Let's dive. Yeah. So this is the, like, to me, this is like the biggest piece because relationship by like definition is like the connection of people. And so it's like, okay, how do we connect with people? you have to communicate with them. And so a lot of people think uh, (laughs) I've had the discussion before of like, okay, when was the last time like you reached out? And they're like, well, like six months ago, six months (gasps) ago, girl, like you forgot about you, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Like deuces. (laughs) And so I encourage people like at least once a month, reach out, even if it's like Merry Christmas, I saw you guys had a little card. It was cute. Like, I love it. Cause I, and I give that example because coach P she always sends out like Christmas cards and they're actually really Mm -hmm. cute. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, and they post things like that on social media. It's like, Oh, team picture, like Merry Christmas, you know, like, even if it's just that, like that to me, like makes a difference. Um, I was talking to one of my friends who's a college coach and this person that wanted to be recruited by the school she sent in like a handwritten letter and she was like, that like really sticks out to me. Like I really considered that kid because of that. And so it's like, how is it that you can make that genuine communication? And it's being consistent. It's pointing out things that like either the coach or the school has done. It's, you know, what is it that you as an individual can bring to that team? Like not only it's like an interview process, like not only is that coach interviewing you, but you're interviewing that coach and that team and that school. Um, And I think that gets lost sometimes. Yeah. I think it's all so one-sided. It's like, it's all about them. When in reality, it's really about what you want too. Mm -hmm. Like just because your dream school reaches out doesn't mean that, you know, that's it. You have to, you have to interview them. You have to know that this is really Mm -hmm. what it is that you want, you know, holistically all the things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Love that. Mm -hmm. And so like with that communication, I kind of have like four point points I want to hit on. So like when you communicate, like there has to be, I don't know if structure structure is the right word for it, but like the four things I really, I wrote down that whenever you communicate is one, let it be short and sweet. I think sometimes people like really like drag things out. Cause I can even remember whenever I was coaching as I coached at William Peace for two years in downtown Raleigh. I got an email one time and it was like, it took me like 10 minutes to read this one email. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is a little much. Like I'll at least, (laughs) I'll at least read through it right now. But like, I don't have time to necessarily sit there for like 10 whole minutes to read this email. Is it sweet that you put these things in? Absolutely. But a lot of it ends up being like very generic, like repeated type things. And so it's making sure that it's short and sweet. I'm a very simplistic person and I believe that's how communication needs to get done. Like short, sweet to the point. What, what is it that you need? Okay, perfect. We're done. You know, I love that. Mm -hmm. I actually, I remember talking to a coach and they said they know if they're going to continue reading within like the first two sentences Yep. Mm -hmm. of the email. Absolutely. Like they're like two sentences. Oh, too much. Bye. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and and like, that's nothing against them. They have thousands of emails that come into their inboxes. Thousands. Yes, yes, yes. So just like you were talking about how your skill set like draws the eyes to you, well, be creative on how you communicate. Like Mm -hmm. so good. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Keep going. All right. Short and sweet. Second thing, make it personable and make it genuine. So what I was, what you said earlier about like stalking the team, stalk them, like do it. Like that's what social media is for. (laughs) Yeah. They want to know that you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like commenting on their posts, 
Mm, they might not necessarily see it, but like if you see like the same name like over and over again, like it kind of like has a little bit of a trigger to it. You know what I mean? And so, especially with emails, I tell people, you know, within that first sentence, like, hey, coach, like actually saying the actual coach's name. Oh my gosh, we could go on about that. And don't spell it wrong. Don't spell it wrong. Don't see see. <laughs> every single coach and it be Uh -uh. a generic email because you know when it's generic. I promise you that. Like as soon as you read those first few sentences, like what you said, like, you know, if it's genuine or if you know, it was just a mass like explosion out to however many coaches. Yeah. Like what would you want to get in an email? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be like, Oh, Hey, and then just like bladder it off or be like, Hey coach loved what you guys put on social media the other day. Mm -hmm. Like now you have their attention because you're talking about them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Make it about them. Oof. Yeah. This is like so fire. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I love this so yeah. much. Well, good. I'm okay. glad you like I keep it. Inter- I keep interrupting you, but I'm like, this is gold. If nobody's taking notes right now, what are you doing? <laughs> this is so good. No, you're Tish, fine. you're the best. Keep it up. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Because like a, an example of that is like, you know, you go to the, the website and it's, you see that that coach has gotten their like, 200th win. Like, Hey coach, congratulations on your 200th win. I saw you guys beat Notre Dame the other day. Like that right there. It's like, Oh, like you actually, it kind of like piques my interest a little bit. Mm. Um, okay. So first one, short, sweet, second one, make it personal, make it genuine. Third thing, give your reason for reaching out. So an example being, let's say this is like an introduction email. You want to say along the lines of, Hey coach, Uh, I'm reaching out. I really think I would be an asset for your team because I have, I'm a leader on my team. I'm super fast. Um, I saw that you're looking for an outfielder. All right. So reason for reaching out and then you end it with future communication. So it's like, all right, I'll reach back out in a month or it's, I am coming to your camp in two Mm. weeks. Um, I look forward to seeing you then. I see that you're going to this showcase next month. I'll be there. I'll make sure I come and speak to you. So then it kind of like wraps it all up. I like that. I like that a lot. So would you say that, you know, starting with like, here is who I am. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I do. And then like as an intro and then maybe going into like, let's say, here's a little bit more about me and my skill set, or here's where I'm playing this weekend. Like then, like, is there a structure to how you would send each email? Cause I, cause I know you were saying like more than one, don't just send one, mm-hmm. like kind of break it down. So is that the order that you just described of, of the emails they send out? Yeah. I short think, and sweet. Yeah. I think or is also, that just a guideline? Well, so like, I think also too, it depends on where you are in that relationship with that coach. So if it's like an introduction, like, Yes, here's a little bit about me, you know, a little blip. Here is um, what I'm doing in the future. And then at the end of it, that's where like you add in like your recruiting video, where you add in your summer ball schedule, where you add in uh, your high school set schedule. Because I know some like Georgia, they have their softball season in the fall and coaches have a lot more time in the fall to like, you know, have we're doing recruiting and things like that. And then also too, I've, I've started recently encouraging people like go ahead and put your social media in that kind of like introduction because they're going to be looking for you anyways. And they want to see, and you can tell a lot by a person by what they put on social media. So, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) I know we need to save that for, you know, parts two and three and five and million. (laughs) Like here's, here's where I'm at right now. You have shared an incredible start today of knowing your why, communicating that with your parents, going over those questions, putting together your list and being strategic with that list. So important. And then diving into like the communication piece. We haven't even gone into social media, but I feel like we should save that for another day because social media itself is like this whole new ball game. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking we kind of like leave a cliffhanger and say social media is to come on the next one Mm -hmm. because this is just like a perfect start yeah. to at least have the guidelines of how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And an email is like, it's its own boat. Yeah. So I love where we're at. Like I am obsessed with how much, how much fire just came at the end of this episode. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier, you have a freebie for the audience. So yeah. just my, 
You guys are spoiled today. You are getting a freebie from Tish. Can you can you go over, you know, what people can find inside that? Yeah. So it's called 10 non-negotiable questions to ask yourself. And so like at the beginning, I say, you know, one, be proud of yourself that you're showing up for yourself, that you're willing to dive deeper into this process. Like you're taking ownership of it. I ask you to be honest and patient with yourself because you might be going through this and, you know, you're sitting beside your mom and you're like, okay, I'm putting this down, but that's not really how I feel. And so it's like making sure that you fill it out on your own and how you truly feel and then come together with your parents and see if you're on the same page. And so, and then the the last thing I say is as you're going through your journey, be that it's peak, be that it's valley, enjoy it. Because even though the valley is not necessarily enjoyable, like you have to have that to enjoy that peak. And that goes into a whole like life lesson right there. But they are uh, 10 questions. And in those 10 questions, it kind of helps you lead into creating your list because I ask, you know, where, like, where in the country would you like to be? Do you want to be over on the West Coast? Do you want to be on the East Coast? What type of learning environment do you learn well in? Do you, can you walk into a classroom of three to 400 people, like what your freshman gen ed classes are at like a D1 and learn in that type of environment? Or do you need to walk in and be like 10, 15 people, which is what like a D3 classroom setting is when you walk in freshman year? Because that's something to take in consideration because um, looking back on it, (laughs) I was that person that in that 300 to 400 person class, I sat at the very back and at the top and I failed biology because of it. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. That's so good because Again, it's going back to the identity piece. You're not trying to fit yourself into the school's mold. Yeah. You're trying to find a school that it it covers all your bases. Like, what do you want personally? Like, I remember going through, you know, Purdue and one, just the campus itself just felt like home as soon as I stepped on campus. Yeah. But I really, you know, fell in love with the school because of things that, that I cared about. Like I loved going to Friday night football games in high school. Football was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And I know Purdue is not one of like the nationally ranked football teams yet. Yeah. I mean, they were and now they're not, but hopefully they're back at it. But like mm-hmm. football was big there compared to other schools I was looking at. So like that was, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. So knowing exactly what you want is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And oh, listeners, you're so spoiled. You're getting this. So you guys can find this, the 10 non-negotiables in the show notes. So if you just go to the show notes here, you'll be able to have access to that document and go over these questions. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. Okay. So if people want to work with you right now and they're like, I love Tish so much, I need to find out how to, how I can work with her and ask her more recruiting questions before we hop on, you know, for another interview, where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out the most? So I have a website. It is empoweredishe.com and people can reach me there. They can uh, sign up for like, a, like a, I call them enlightenment calls, just 15 minute conversations of like, do we want to work together? Like, how can we work together type deal? And then we go from there. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you have like a social media platform you like to hang out on? I do. Uh, I have Facebook for the old heads. Because I know Facebook mm-hmm. is bigger with the older people right now, and I'm throwing myself in that boat. Mm-hmm. Same. Facebook. I'm here too. Uh, I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram for the young bloods out there, and I'm getting into Twitter. My Twitter page yeah. I'm building. Um, so those are the three that I have, and soon I plan on having more so of like a YouTube presence. So that's a, oh, I love a it. Step. I love it. Well, all those places that you want to go hang out and find Tish, I'll put those in the show notes as well. So you Mm -hmm. can go follow her and be enlightened by all the beautiful information of recruiting she has. Yes. Man, this was so much fun. All right. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you five to thrive questions. Okay. You cool with that? Okay. I know. You're like, what is coming? Everybody gets so nervous for this. I'm like, you can answer these (laughs) questions in your sleep. You're fine. I am an expert on myself. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) You need to be. We can go into a whole other podcast on that. That's Being an expert on yourself. All right. First question. You ready? Okay. What would you tell a younger version of you if you had to give yourself advice? You know how earlier I mentioned how I just put my head down and I worked hard? Mm -hmm. To like pick my head up 
and learn more about myself, like internally who I am. I think as I've gotten older, I have slowly peeled back those layers that I was too scared to peel back when I was younger. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that has made me a better like human and a better teacher because of it. Um, And I know that would have just like been like an explosion of of amazingness whenever I was playing, if I would have just like, like taken a a step back and been like, okay, who am I? Yeah. That's huge. Just being present and like seeing where you are and where you've come from. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's some of the hardest things to do. Great Mm -hmm. advice. What is your favorite part about the work that you do? I guess initially what comes to my mind is I was having a conversation um, with a dad and it was just like the passion behind it because they were looking for what was best for their daughter. And I think that's huge. And the fact that, you know, anytime that someone comes to me and is asking me for advice, like in I'm going to give the best advice that I can. Like it comes from a very like sincere and honest place. And I love being able to give that back to people because I was always scared whenever I was younger to actually express those things and felt like I didn't have answers. Like I was always asking other people for answers. And so mm-hmm. now that like people are, you know, coming to me asking me like, Hey, can you help me with this? I'm like, absolutely. Like, let's, let's help you. I think that's my, um, my favorite part right there is like giving that back. Who is someone you look up to and why right now? Hmm. Matthew McConaughey would say my future self 10 years from now. Oh my God. Remember that speech he gave? Oh my God. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I just finished his interview with Joe Rogan and I loved it. Like he was amazing. Really? I need to listen to it. Yeah, it's good. It's about two hours long. So I, I had to break it up, but I literally finished it today. And he, I love his insights on things. Who do I look up to? I actually look up to the people I surround myself with. Like some of my best like gal pals, I really look up to them. And it's because like they are striving to be like better people and they're striving to be like make people around them better. And so, yeah, I, I've noticed I've surrounded my people, myself with people that I look up to, even though we're the same age, I still like look up to like how they treat themselves, how they treat the the people around them as well. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And now you're in a service driven business and now other people are looking <laughs> at you that way. Wow. That's so cool. What is the greatest piece of recruiting advice you've ever gotten? And I don't even know if it's necessarily advice. I think it was more of a question when my mother was like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? And I, and I think it always threw me because I love my mother to death, but like, she likes to have like her finger on stuff a lot of times. (laughs) And I felt like that was like one of the first times where she locked her up and she was like, what do you want? Like, like, yeah. Like, what is it that you want? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let me think about it. <laughs> and so yeah. it just kind of like went from there, you know, um, just having that, you know, freedom to have my thoughts kind of finally go out in a way as opposed to like being stuck inside. That's so good. Yeah. That makes me think of the, uh, the notebook when he's like yelling oh, yeah. at her, like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> But that's so true. Like I remember getting asked that question too. And I'm like, I don't even know, but it's so good. So Mm -hmm. valuable. Okay. Before I ask this final question, Mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much for bringing so many gems to this audience. This has been one of the most impactful conversations I've ever had because I know that every single person that listens to this podcast can find value in it. So thank you so much for being on and for just doing what you do. You're so good at it. You are so genuine and authentic and man, if I was in the recruiting realm right now, if I'm like looking for a school to go to girlfriend, you'd be the first person I turn to. You're amazing. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you. Of course. I'm so, I'm so happy our paths crossed, man. I know. Yes. It's funny how the world lines up. (laughs) So true. So true. All right. Last and final question. All right. What legacy, what legacy do you want to leave on this game? That I, you know, continue to put into it what 
it has like given out to me and just to keep doing that in the best way possible. I felt like I've always found a way to stay involved with softball because I had a rough relationship with softball. Um, And I was like, "Mm, I'm done with softball. I'm done with it. And it dug its little claws at me and brought me back. And I've always loved the game. And I've kind of like progressed in like how I've been involved with it. And now I just want to reach as many people as I possibly can. And I guess I guess that's ultimately the legacy that I want is I want to reach as many people as I possibly can in the most authentic and honest way possible so that they can get just as much out of it as I have. Man, well, you're doing a great job of it right now. And wow, this podcast gets to reach more people. So you're already doing your job times a million. So thank you so much for being on Tish. This has been an honor. Absolutely. I look forward to more, Ashley. Thank you. Oh, me too. Yes. The audience needs to know there's going to be much more after this. Awesome. (laughs) Gosh, I'm so happy. Tish just jumped into my world a few weeks ago. I have been wanting to get recruiting on this podcast, but haven't been sure on how I'm going to go about it. But Tish made it pretty simple. She is very knowledgeable in this realm and she's gone through recruiting herself and she knows what the heck she's talking about, doesn't she? I mean, seriously, understanding that there are specific questions you need to answer, which will make this entire process easier. Man, this is awesome. This is so good. This has probably been the most fun conversation and easiest conversation because recruiting doesn't have to be that hard. It is hard, but can we simplify it? I hope that she showed you today that you can. Next time I have Tish on, we're going to be talking about social media presence. Social media is huge right now. I know college coaches that are strictly looking at social media because they can't recruit in person. So we're going to talk about how to navigate that to give you a leg up around other people who are also fighting for the same position. Man, so you can find Tish at empoweredisshe.com which you can find in the show notes. And she gave you all the different places she likes to hang out on social media too. So those are also in the show notes. Don't forget to go grab her freebie in the show notes as well. So this is the first time my listeners have been spoiled with something this amazing. And I'd hate for you to miss out on this opportunity to ask those 10 non-negotiable questions to this recruiting process to make it simpler. So keep it simple, go dive into these exercises that Tish gave you today. And then by the time the next episode comes out, you'll be ready for more information to go dive into that. So go crush today. And the tagline that I have decided is going to be the tagline forever and ever, amen, is stay awkward and keep smiling. See you guys next week.